Welcome. Thank you very much for coming. My name is Larry Charlop. I'm chair of the Cornet New York Strategic and Portfolio Planning Committee. On behalf of Tommy O'Halloran and the rest of our committee, I'd like to thank you all for coming. Uh, to Amazon, the deal unwound. We understand this, this is a topic that over the last several months um, has been picked apart and our committee has worked very hard and, and I thank the committee very much and our panel for putting together some content that I think is gonna be very interesting and by the turnout here, um, I think you guys are still interested in this topic. So um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Lois Weiss from the New York, Lois Weiss from the New York Post who has covered our industry for, um, for too many years, um, but uh, can't be more than 10, uh, based on she, she looks younger than ever. So uh, we thank her very much, and Lois will introduce our distinguished panel. But uh, again, thank you very much. This is a great event. Unfortunately, one programming note, unfortunately, Peter Rigardi was not able to join us tonight, um, but we thank him for his participation in the, in the panel uh, uh, build up to this. So thank you very much, and okay. Lois? Yeah, thank you, Larry, and thank you all for coming. And I know this has uh, really taken the city uh, by storm over the last few years. So our speakers today are Bob Alexander, we call him Mr. Big. Um, he's the chair of the tri-state <laughs> region at CBRE, and he um, oversees everything there. Um, <laughs> Actually, that means I oversee nothing. Just so <laughs> um, and he does, he's uh, got his fingers on a lot of the large deals, including clients that we can't mention right now. Um, or, or they'll yank him off the panel, and Amazon yanked Peter Rigardi off this panel. So, um, <laughs> Then to his right is Jim Toussaint. And he was the former director of global real estate at Verizon. So if you have a job for him, he took a buyout <laughs> after having the headache of all the real estate development and joint venture projects, including an entire expansion of Yahoo's campus in Sunnyvale, California, and mixed-use lifestyle parks, uh, towers, and condominiums in New York City. And to my left is our carpetbagger from DC, um, Alfredo Ortiz. He's president and CEO of the Job Creators Network. And he is intimately involved in helping small businesses and large to uh, fend their way through government policies like giving people, uh, having to give people a lease. <laughs> by the um, government, um, by the owners. And so he's gonna be talking with us about uh, how Amazon kind of, what they were going to do here and that some of the community who were against the deal didn't know what they were talking about. Okay, all right. So um, one of the, we're gonna take a brief look and also because it's really a deep dive into New York and the city's handling of the negotiations and the announcement, the outcry, and they broke up with this on Valentine's Day. 
Um, and we come not to bury Amazon, which still has a large workforce here and is looking to expand quietly, but also for other corporate executives to gain some insight into their approach, interactions with the government and stakeholders, and how the politicians might have worked better with the communities. So apparently, this public auction strategy um, was something that not a lot of companies do, and they don't try to pit communities against each other. Uh, and I guess, why a public auction to do this? And I thank Cornet for the statistics. It was the sixth in US history, and the others were three by Boeing, Tesla, Saturn, and General Motors, and they were for non-urban environments. So, um, Jim. I'll start. Uh, first, I'll, I'll say that, is my mic on? Yeah. Now it is. So, um, companies do it all the time. They just don't do it publicly. So, the, the statement about it being a public auction, um, it is rare. And I think they, they had to do it that way because they were just too big. You know, you couldn't have done that confidentiality, confidentially, no. right? No, no way. Um, but people do it all the time. You know, you've been involved in a bunch of them. Totally. I have. I have um, it's usually done um, secretly, right? Confidentiality agreements. Yeah. You put put the RFP out, um, and you negotiate city against city, and you make it very clear that they're competing state to state, city to city, um, and it's and it's an effective way to get um, an attractive incentive package. Um, do you think it was done? So that they could, I mean, I always, I called it an AMA scam from the beginning. I wrote a story on this in BizNow. <laughs> because I felt that all they were doing was seeing what they could glom from everywhere because they have a lot of things to put, data centers and warehouses, and they need to fill jobs. And I thought that this was a way of them getting the best out of everywhere. Yeah, is that wrong? Uh, no. I would say I, I say that facetiously. Um, <clears throat> I think it was a very aggressive business practice, mm -hmm. right? And Amazon's so big that I think I think you get to a point, and this is this is my opinion, where there is corporate responsibility. And even though you're big, you're aggressive, you have leverage, you should you should act a certain way and well, respo responsible to the cities, the, the communities that you're, that you're impacting. And, and I think across the board, what, um, what really kind of got to kind of the, the, the ill feelings about the whole situation was they were acting as aggressive as any small business with any kind of leverage might, might flex mm -hmm. on a deal. And as deal makers, we do that all the time. It's you get caught up and you, and you want to get as much as you can, and, and totally. you want to you want to kill the deal, right? Absolutely. You want to make no, that no deal. Question. So, um, but but I think there's a point where, you have to step back and say, is winning the deal, getting the best thing, the right thing to do? I think there's there's a there's a morality about it, um, mm -hmm. and this is a business morality that uh, that I think Amazon needed to check themselves on. Well, I, if I may, Amazon was furthering their business uh, model when they were doing this. Just a couple of stats. They, they basically got data from 238 cities and metro areas in North America. Proprietary information about real estate sites under development, details about the talent pool and demographic breakouts of all these particular areas, local labor costs, 
incentives that cities and states, et cetera, are able to put out. If I'm Amazon, I'm selling stuff to everyone, correct? Yeah. Now I have an awesome database that basically covers every major urban area in the U.S. in order to go out and sell. So I thought it was a stroke of genius it's myself. Clever. It was it's very, very clever. clever. It's very clever. So while they did the exercise, and, and generally, like, Jim and I crossed paths at Verizon. When we did Verizon's headquarters back in the day, we sold 1095 Sixth Avenue, a couple of the locations we were going to centralize and we looked at New Jersey, right, the former AT&T headquarters, and we looked down in Maryland. Two locations, not 238 locations. And Verizon was all over the place, right? They were up and down and left and right. This was actually a great way for these folks to polish off the information that they need to put in their databases relative to creating new markets. So I think they did a, I think they did a great job. Well, I really do. One of the metrics that they... I bought the stock. Looked, <laughs> um, one of the metrics that they looked for was, and that um, ended up with the 20 top contenders, was that they, the short list averaged 105,000 tech workers. And this was information they told the city of Charlotte because Charlotte only had 47,000 tech workers. So that seemed to be their, their main goal, was to find a place where they could draw on uh, a lot of jobs. But they could have done it without, without an RFP, right? The, the labor analytics that are available, you know, you can, you can get it very easily. So they could have weeded out from, from 200 to, to 10 in a week, right? Um, you know, so, they have but, but they chose anyway. not to, right? They chose the process they did, I think, for, the, for it, many different reasons. Totally. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think it was the right process, but it was clever. It benefited them. Yeah. They have, right, uh, they have something like 257 sorting and distribution centers uh, in 33 states. So they really have a lot more than we think. Um, well, that's the next day point of delivery. That's one of their business models. If you take a step back, was it, was it really New York driving Amazon out? <clears throat> it's a giant trillion dollar company. I'm not really buying that. I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> you're going to find, let's look forward three to five years, Amazon will have double the amount of employees that they have today. Everybody understands where Amazon is. They've, they're on the 34th Street corridor in Manhattan today. Amazon they, Alley. Amazon Alley. They occupy 900,000 feet of space. Let's call it a million. I'm going to bet they're at two million within three to four years, despite the fact that this well-publicized pullout happened. And they'll probably, set, they'll probably focus more on Manhattan than they will on Queens or any of the outer boroughs, much to the detriment of New York, because New York could have used the outer boroughs rather than Manhattan. Manhattan doesn't seem to have a problem attracting companies and creating, you know, uh, sort of new construction. I'm responsible for six million square feet of it at Hudson Yards. We filled it up, no problem. And, and we got about a million eight to go. We're going to fill that up, no problem either. So, okay. so you know, you, you really look at this, it's sort of they walked in and they said, maybe we don't like this strategy. And the, by the way, the 25,000 jobs was over tw 10 or 12 years. It's 2,500 jobs a year. Guess what? We, we, we eat that for breakfast in New York. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, it's not, 
I, I don't, you know, I think it's being, you know, the, it's the, literally the, the, you know, molehill being made into a mountain at this point. Yeah. They're not, not coming to New York. It's too big yeah. a market. They'll be here. So anyway, I don't so, mean to, no, go ahead. Yeah, you're jumping ahead here. I am jumping ahead. Um, I'm going to jump all around on you. Yeah. I'm not, so, I'm not controllable. I'm in the broker's so, business. <laughs> Sorry. Know, one, well, actually, um, there was a forum that ULI had um, uh, last week. Did anybody go to that? Um, it was um, uh, with uh, Carl Weisbrod, who was the former deputy mayor, James Paget from EDC, and um, uh, Vikram Chakrabarty, who is a pl city planner and architect in Columbia now. And um, what James Paget said was that if this had been in uh, in Manhattan, nobody would have blinked an eye, and the problem was that it was in Queens, except Carl Weisbart said one of their goals throughout the, his years in city government was to try to move the jobs out of Manhattan so there would be more centers for offices in the other boroughs and let them have some of that, uh, the fallout. The, the extra dollar four that's generated or more. So, Jim, what would that have done to the work? Uh, not Jim, sorry, Alfredo. Yes. What would that have done to the, you know, the, to working out in, in, in Queens? Yeah, uh, th thank you. First of all, uh, uh, not only am I a carpetbagger, but I actually have nothing to do with the commercial real estate industry, just so you know. But I do know PR. Um, for those of you who may recognize our organization named Job Creators Network or JCN, we actually are the ones that put up the billboards in Times Square that targeted AOC because of the Amazon pullout. Um, if you didn't see it or didn't hear it, I don't know what happened to you for those three weeks because <laughs> it was on every single news station. We generated actually uh, that three-week spend from a PR standpoint, created about $253 million in ad value for us. Um, so it got a lot of attention, but um, from my perspective, I think it wasn't just the 2,500 jobs, you know, for 25,000. Uh, well, but you said 2,500 2, a year, right? Right. It, yep. it, it, our concern was it was about roughly think it was the 25,000 up to 40,000 jobs. First of all, that were Amazon jobs at about 150,000, so about four to six billion dollars in annual wages. But it was really the lost economic activity downstream. We estimate that for every Amazon job that came, you need about five other jobs to, to take care of that, from services like your dry cleaners, your pizza guy, the deli guys, are, right? But All are, the are, other Aren't you going to generate, though, like, let's assume yep. they double their workforce in New York. That, those five stay constant if it's whether in Manhattan or suburbia, right? Yep. So you will, you're not going to lose 100%. You're no, never no, 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 you don't. But, but our concern was... When you look at the particular area and what it could have done for the small business community, it's a spectacular deal. It's, it, believe me, I'm in the real yeah, estate game. And, it was. It's and, a shame and, and, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and, and that's I agree where with that. you know our concern was really the the lack of what. And I was on I was on Squawk Box and and Andrew Ross Sorkin and I actually agreed on this and Andrew Ross Sorkin and I just smart you know, man. Uh, yeah, we're not exactly on the same side of the aisle on this, but on this one we we did agree because there is a lack of economic literacy that exists in our country. The fact that there was actually a House representative out there that thought that there was a $3 billion check that was going to be written to Amazon um, that could have been used for something else is crazy. And that's what we were concerned about, right? Because at the end, again, I'm not a math major either. I'm not as smart as you guys doing the numbers. But 
we have $30 billion roughly of tax revenue coming in. Yep. You take off about 10%, about $3 billion. You still net out $27 billion plus the jobs. I don't know. That sounds like a pretty damn good deal. It's a damn good deal. Um, and so from our perspective, though, again, because we promote small business health across the country, we're concerned about what it did about breaking the American dream for all those small business owners that were out there in Long Island City that, frankly, had invested in their businesses already, were hoping to have stuff moving forward because of that. When you even think about the you know, hundreds of construction union jobs that would have gone, gone yeah. into actually building that site. Actually, I mean, these are probably thousands. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably thousands, right? <laughs> and then all the other related construction, you know, I, I mean, the list just goes on and on. So that's why we decided on Valentine's Day when uh, you know, AOC spiked the football on that one to say, wait a minute, this is just ridiculous. I mean, you know, we, we're, I think we're in this country, we've seen and we're used to people, uh, you know, protesting wars, but jobs? I mean, this is, you know, was absolutely ridiculous to us that anything that was bringing New York, and look, Governor Cuomo, de Blasio, and the congresswoman that, of that particular district, um, you know, they're all Democrats. I will say transparency here, I'm not. And, but we all agreed this was actually pretty good for New York. No question. Um, yet there was a particular person that didn't believe so, and that's why we went to task at that. Um, and again, I think we created some interest there. But again, our concern and the way I think where they, they fumbled, mm -hmm. if I may, on this, the, the, the governor and, and the mayor and, and probably even the house rep, they didn't talk about that economic activity downstream. Yeah. They didn't talk yeah, about right. that small they business didn't. owner. I mean, which they, was mind-boggling to me. And the media me. didn't do, do anybody any help. Either. Yeah, I mean, it was all it was just, you know, Bezos, big bad billionaire gets $3 billion check. There was, you know, it's soundbite um, <laughs> right. media, right? Right. Yeah. It, and you can't explain an economic incentive package on a soundbite. It's yeah. more yeah. complicated than right. that. And if, if everybody would have slowed down and actually explained the economics, yep. It would have made a lot more sense yeah. to people, right? well, and it, then when people, yeah. you know, throw out some some crazy statements like, "Oh, this three billion could have been used for something else," right. it would have been seen as being a crazy comment. Well, but well, but it wasn't. People were believing it. Oh yeah, they were completely right? believing it. And the thing though is that there wasn't the sell that had to yeah. be done. I think of the small business owners. I actually yeah. there was only one print uh, media outlet. I believe. Sorry, it wasn't yours but that actually went to Long Island City and interviewed the potential small business owners that would have actually been able to expand their businesses. Yeah. And I mean, they are literally distraught mm -hmm. over this fact that that's yeah. it. I mean, it's done, I it's mean, gone. Yeah, this, the city is saying, oh, well, I guess we have to do more social media next time and get ahead of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, which is a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, my um, concern was that Every time Governor Cuomo got on TV, he said, we're giving them 3.2 billion. We're yeah, giving them. Done. And just the way it was said um, made people who didn't know anything about it, they believed him, which, um, which threw it off. But there were also over 70 groups who wrote uh, in 20, 23 states a year before, in 2017, two years before, said that we expect Amazon to pay your fair share if you end up being our neighbor. We want transparency. We want you foregoing tax breaks. You must support affordable housing. Um, just a, a whole thing. So there is this 
75, 85 groups across the country already bubbling against Amazon that I don't think the city and state were ready for them because they were ready for whoever Amazon was hey, Amazon, cutting a deal Amazon's with. Amazon's not unique. Um, big companies get opposition for um, development and growth all over the country, right? It's not always that towns are trying to attract them. Sometimes they're trying to grow and they're getting op opposition from people that don't want growth in the communities. So there's a whole spectrum, right? Of people totally. that just are, are no growth, the people that want all the jobs you can create. And mm -hmm. when the city jumps in the middle and actually provides an incentive to attract somebody, then everybody on this side of the spectrum is going to say, wait a second, they're going to, we didn't want growth in the first place, but if you're going to incent them to, to come here, then we're going to start getting into their business, right? And that happened to Amazon. They start getting into labor practice. They start getting local hiring practice. And I, Amazon says, forget it. Like, I, I why, why, why are we going to walk into this? Well, yeah. well and, and, and I think from that perspective, I could build on that because I think in this particular case, again, I haven't talked to anyone on Amazon, so I'm kind of thinking if I were in their shoes, what I'd be thinking. I am sure they were very surprised about what was going down. After all the great conversations they were having with the governor and the mayor and the representative, yes, some groups sent in, but they had these town hall meetings, they had the neighborhood meetings, right? They said what they were gonna do for education, they said that they wanted to make uh, Long Island City in New York kind of the East Coast version of Silicon Valley and really bring high tech in there. I mean, all this was great stuff. I'm sure they never in a million years, I, again, I don't, if you guys know some people at Amazon, I'd love to talk to them, but I haven't had a chance to. I don't think they probably thought that all of a sudden people were gonna be protesting the jobs that were, they were bringing in and all the infusion yeah. that was being brought in. So, Frankly, I mean, it's kind of like a relationship. People go, oh, you know, it was horrible that they did this on display and stuff like that. I mean, how many people here watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? I mean, right? I We're mean, that's staying. kind of what it is. I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, but, but, but it kind of is what it is, yeah. right? I mean, you want to get the best deal possible out there. I don't think that's bad. I think, we, yeah. you know, who doesn't want the best deal possible on anything you do? I think the biggest problem <laughs> was from day one, one of the first things they asked for was a helipad. And oh my God, he just happens to have a mistress who flies a helicopter. So <laughs> that was the front page of the Post. Um, that right. kind of embarrassed, that whole story blew up in case none of you read the, the dailies at that point. And I think that really knocked the socks off him. Well, yeah. at the end of the day, the protests were a limited group of radical left yep. politicians, right? And probably some people that were setting Como up for a beating. And there wasn't any mass protests. And look, no. if you look at New York right now today, there's $18 billion of product that's just been built on the west side. I represent a $3 billion project at one Vanderbilt that's going up. None of them have subsidies. The rents are 150, 160, 170 a foot in Midtown, and they're 100, 110, 120 on the west side. We're, we're having no problem filling this stuff up. So Bob, and, and by so the Bob, way, not, why, why did we need to offer an incentive then? So why not? What, what, really what you're doing when you, <laughs> when you walk in the anyway. door, by the way, so and, as of right, as of right, <clears throat> they walked into Queens, they started doing their homework, and they go, oh, look, it's a REIT. Chip Logan's sitting over there. Chip Logan and I, 20 years ago, did a consolidation for Bank of New York. How many jobs? A couple thousand? Yeah. And what did we get? We got the REIT. And the REIT is $3,000 per person against taxes income, $3,000 per person per year for 12 years. 
So it's big money. So when they walked in, that was worth a billion dollars of the $3 billion. It was as of right. It's passed as of, it's legislated. It wasn't anything special. They got a pilot tax, which by the way, we got pilot taxes on the west side because if we didn't have pilot taxes at Hudson Yards, that would have been a problem because then we wouldn't have been able to charge the rents that we did to start the projects off. There is, by the way, no pilot tax at Vanderbilt. Van, Vanderbilt's gonna be, that one building is gonna generate 50 million. I'm sorry, with, with, with quickly explain what a pilot is. Well, so a pilot is a payment in lieu of taxes. So what happens, to give you an example, one of the buildings I represent right now is going to have a bill of roughly $30 a foot in taxes starting, just for a rough math. The west side has an average tax bill because of its payment in lieu of taxes on MTA land, et cetera, of roughly $15 a foot. That $15 a foot allows me to charge a lower rent for these bulk tenants, right, whether it's BlackRock or whoever it is, to attract them to the west side. Because by the way, Midtown's Midtown. You know, I won't comment on downtown, but Midtown is, is spectacular. It's got all the transportation, it's got all the amenities, et cetera, et cetera. West side is, is getting up to speed there but you needed an incentive to attract the tenants over there. And those were falling incentives as people use those and, and up. Everything goes away after 15 in, years. But the first people in got more who signed up but, right but, away. And, and with, with Amazon, by the time they got up to full gear, whether it's 40,000 or 25,000 employees, the REAP goes away in 12 years, right? They were already ready to lease real estate that was vacant or just about vacant that city's uh, leaving at one Long Island city. And that hurt, obviously, one of the real estate owners who kept quiet. I didn't see Savannah making any noise about that, but they lost a million square foot deal. They, he did make noise. I'll tell you what he said. Please. It was a 1.5 million square foot lease with Amazon. They mm -hmm. were starting with 500,000 right away and going to a million <laughs> as city pulled out and up. And he said it was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly poorly handled by Cuomo and de Blasio. And he said the hubris that Cuomo showed and the weakness that de Blasio showed tacitly, not wanting to put his name on Amazon because he likes the unions, was terrible in so many ways. And it's going to take a very long time to repair the damage. And I spoke to Gary LaBarbera today who's the head of the building trades union, he basically said, project labor agreement was already negotiated. It was all done. So if they had had some warning, I think, on Amazon, I think that union and 32BJ, which is the service employees unions, I think they would have rallied there overnight if, yeah. if they had known. The, the logistics on the political side were not, we all agree were not handled correctly. No, so, there's no doubt about that. It, it, the one thing I, I guess I wonder is just, again, I'm an outsider. I'm, I'm not involved in, in, in commercial real estate. But the idea that, hey, they're coming anyways. Why subsidize them? Well, that's because you have competition, right? I mean, across the country. I live in Arlington. And I have to tell you, it's a 180 versus what New York did. I mean, there was parades. There were balloons. All the buildings had welcome Amazon new you know, uh, you know, new neighbor. Yep. I mean, 
I'm, I'm telling you, very different. It was, there was no peep, I mean, a couple people protested, there were a couple people with signs, but the idea that, hey, you know what, we're really New York, I mean, we're great, we've got a lot to offer, why it, subsidize? That's it, because other cities are going to. But is that and they're going to take it away. But is they, that they a won't take it away, though. Uh, well, I, I say that to Nashville when, when and to Arlington that got those jobs. It's a nit. It's a nit. All right, well, those then, markets then, are so small. So that's why when you're looking for thousands, you're not going to have more thousands of tech jobs, you're going to be in Silicon Valley, San Francisco. Well, that's why you're, you're not going to have more Amazons. They're, they're perfectly happy in Arlington. They're perfectly no, happy. To you. The the amount of jobs <laughs> that, that grow in in like a an Austin or or in Nashville are nothing compared to the the organic. Gro job growth that you'll have Nashville's in the tech sector. A, Nashville has done a good job, though. Well, they're great. I, they're I'm, great. I'm, they're I'm, I love the small cities, we right? Work, we work but with you UBS. But you can't compare a, Nash a Nashville no, well, to New, New York. No, New York's 420 million square feet, right? It's 40,000 tenants over 10,000 So we 10, shouldn't be feet. acting the same way. That's my point. Yeah. I disagree. But it didn't matter. <laughs> well, well your, your issue is, 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 is at, so here, here's the, let's just talk about New York in general. So what's happened? Uh, financial and legal have been the two major drivers over the last 30 years. So since 2008, there hasn't been one major expansion of any of the big financial firms. In 2010, City had 7 million square feet. By the time we finished doing our program, we're in one building, 2.8 million square feet. Bank America, we're in the midst of doing that now. They had Merrill Lynch space, 5 million square feet. By the time they finish, they'll be in about 2.8 or 3 million square feet. Goldman downsized. All the big financial firms are trying to rationalize their cost basis and work on a new competitive level. They're, they're actually trying to convert themselves to tech to a certain degree. So what's Where happened are those, is- Are those jobs going to other cities as back Some office? of those jobs are in fact going to other cities, Nashville, Tampa, Dallas, all when, low when tax. There's a, when there's a value play, they'll migrate south. Right? Yeah, you, go, you go south or you go west. When, it, when it's a specialized um, tech or something, Fr they're going to migrate to talent centers. Totally. And they're going to be the major cities. There'll be some small cities in the south, <clears throat> but they're going to go to San Francisco, the Bay Area, and they're going to go and, to, and, to New York. And just my point, like we're, 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 you're beating the horse on this. And yeah, the, the, the politicians did not do a great job. They should have educated. They should have done a lot of things. In retrospect, they did nothing. Amazon's, I, I, I just Am want to throw this data out at you guys. So between July of 2017 and July of 2018, the Empire State lost 180,000, gained 130,000. So basically 50,000 people abandoned New York, the biggest decrease of any state in the U.S. Um, according to a new Quinnipiac poll, doesn't matter what Quinnipiac is, but it's a Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. I know, I can never pronounce that. I'm, I'm Hispanic, so sorry. Um, New York also faces potential exodus of its residents. A third of New Yorkers indicate they will leave as they cannot afford to live there. 35% say they will be forced to move in the next five years for better economic opportunity. Uh, a national mover study conducted by United Van Lines, 61.5% of New York's movers left the state last year. So two-thirds of the people that moved within, that moved in New York literally used movers. Two-thirds of them left the, the state. state. That's the yeah, state. I know. It's still a state. different than the city. Well, and, but, and you're, you're talking about ops and tech. Again, this is the financial firms rationalizing right. their cost basis. They've got to get out of Dodge. They can't have four or five million square feet, which is 20,000 or 25,000 employees based in Manhattan. 
I'm just saying, when you had 25 to 40,000 jobs, they were paying about $150,000 average. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, it's, it's a good thing. It I is. mean, un unless, the, you know. But the way to incentive is to, is to have pro-business uh, policies. I, and I'm, I'm just saying, you're not losing 25,000 jobs. I'll bet you dinner, okay. anywhere you want, okay. <laughs> 24 months from now, Amazon's back in. They're coming here because the labor's here. Apple's, they have to. Apple's coming, Google's coming, and the new Facebook's Google, coming. Google, they're all growing. Google's doubling their they're size. They're all here and they're Facebook's all Facebook's doubling their size. Right? Without and incentives. I, I'm just telling right? you, again, I'm a carpet bagger. <laughs> yeah. As a PR person, really scary to hear what I'm hearing from you guys. Yeah, but remember, the, basically so saying, stats, we're so good, we don't have to do anything. No, no, People the, don't the, come the, here. Stat, the stats that you're going over we are love, basically. They love New York. The taxes, you, the taxes are driving a lot of relocations, yeah. and particularly the salt. Now you can't deduct the state city taxes. You yeah. can't deduct your taxes on your house, right? Because there's no yeah. house that I'm aware of in Long Island that has less than $10,000 in taxes. Those are issues that are making people double think this. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the tech industry is going to continue to grow and thrive in New York, right? The financial industry will keep its front office Right? And the smaller financial firms will continue to go. The Carlisles, the Blackstones, they're not going anywhere. They're not taking people out. No. But it's a giant market. It's 420 million square feet. If you look at the marketplace, it's bigger than the rest of the eastern seaboard. So there's combined. nothing to worry and about. I'm, no, I'm not saying, saying that they, they shouldn't try to attract business, but they do it by having great education, good housing, good transportation. And you don't yeah. think That's Nashville the city's job. The city's Arlington job is not to provide tax I think they're all doing a great yeah. job. I okay. think they're doing a great job. Yeah. We, moved, we went down to Nashville with UBS, New put 1,500 people down there in 2009. And, it, and I'm looking at the town going, oh, this is kind of crazy. What are we doing this for? Now you can't get a house. You can't get anything down there. Yeah. And, that, and that's one of the things that people were afraid of, that Amazon would come in. And people were afraid, even if they had rent-stabilized apartments, that right, the right. rents would go up. They would be displaced. Well, that's a gentrification uh, issue that, yes. that will happen anytime you have growth. That's why the people on, on the one side that are just opposed to any kind of growth are never yeah. going to be for it. But Silicon Valley, you talked about, oh, the, the great growth in Silicon Valley. Horrible traffic in a, in a housing market that's upside down. They, no. they, they can't, I'm just, I'm just they excited because I'm going to buy two houses in, in Arlington now. <laughs> boy, more jobs are going to move there even my, faster. My, yeah, my point is it's, it's, not, it's sure. not as simple as more jobs are better. The cities have a responsibility to make sure that their transportation and their housing yep. is cared for as growth happens. right? And sometimes they get it out of balance. Silicon Valley is the great, great right, example right. of that. Yep. They Over 20 years, they've had all the opportunity to solve the problem and they haven't done it. They've allowed all the big mm -hmm. companies to grow with no transportation improvements and no, no addressing yeah. of the housing. Mm -hmm. so, so that so, could have happened in Long Island City. So how can the city get the uh, companies to go to Long Island City where there's still room? Is there some, you know, do we have well, to well, do well, a Hudson there's, there's Yards not, thing? There's not really room. One Long Island City is going to get leased up. Yeah. They were going to build 4 million square right. feet. That and was a which, major outlay was, of capital. Which, by the way, was going to be housing um, by a company named Plaxall that had plastics there for years, oh, basically went that. away. <laughs> and they had designed a mixed-use community around a cove. And Amazon liked the way it was set up and said, what can we do? We'd like these instead of being apartments. What if we made mm. them 
um, the t uh, you know office towers. So they liked the master plan. They just didn't like all the apartments. Well, they just so took the whole. They took the they whole. Took they took the whole thing. And an elementary school they were going to build. They were going to do workforce. Yeah, work training. Mm -hmm. So how can somebody else come in? Is there uh, there's nobody else coming in for twenty five thousand jobs. Yeah. So and and you know, you're talking about front office operations, right? No one's moving back office operations to Manhattan. Not happening. Expense is too high. So yeah. they're gonna have look, it, it'll gentrify itself but in a different manner. They'll have to section off their development site. They'll sell off a site to Tishman Spire, who's had great success in building both office and residential in there. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, it'll grow yeah. organically. It will take longer. It will take 15 or 20 years versus signing up now and saying, okay, we know we're done in 10 years with everything. So do you think this will prompt more of the Park Avenue, the Midtown East rezoning that was made to get some of the older towers, just like the J.P. Morgan it's, Tower? It's, it's already going on. If you yeah. look at J.P. Morgan, they're going to spend $6 billion, right, with no incentives in building a new headquarters of 2.8 million square feet that's going to hold 14,000 employees. 14,000? <clears> yep. Oh, my God. And they're going to consolidate everything they've got around town. Don't quote me on that either. No, no. Uh, <laughs> they've already said no, that. No, just don't leave my name out. <laughs> no, no. They've already said that. <laughs> I know they said part of it, <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is you've got that going on. You've got Tishman Spire, who made a separate decision at 300 Park Avenue with Colgate-Palmolive. They yes. could have got Colgate out. They could have got WeWork out of the building, tore the building down, and built a new building. Instead, they did a deal for 12 years to renew Colgate. But Colgate mm -hmm. insisted, didn't they? I don't know. I think if they, they had the term. They had the term and the options. I read the list. They, they had options, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> they could have bought them out. I guess they could. They could. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. Because Colgate at Dynamics, Colgate you, City would have lost Colgate. If they moved from there, they probably would have had a fifty thousand foot office and moved the rest to a giant Jersey campus that's sitting half empty right now that they've got. So, mm -hmm. so you, you know, you drive. You drive different decisions, but they made a decision not to go forward to, to reconstruct. If you go up the block, you're looking for NATO and Rudin, they'll make a decision when BlackRock leaves to go to the west side, whether they're going to meld the buildings or tear them down or build a 1,500-foot, uh, you know, new uh, office that, tower with $230 rent. So that's at 350 <laughs> Park. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we know that Bob needs to leave at 7 o'clock? Right, right around 7, yeah. Right around 7. So uh, if we have any questions, we'll continue the panel, but if we have any questions for Bob, we want to... Uh, Here's one right, back, right here. Go ahead, Chip. <laughs> Chip Logan, uh, I feel like the Amazon deal could have been a play on Broadway because... Oh, As you said, idea. with labor analytics, you could have only, there's only a handful of cities that could ever have accommodated that rate of growth, and they didn't need to do that. And to the fact that almost all the incentives that everybody was complaining about were as of right, and anybody can get them in any part of New York State yep. just by applying for them is, is the other side of the equation. So, and if now if Amazon was coming solely because of a labor play, because the labor is here, and labor turnover in New York is far lower than it is in Silicon Valley and on the West Coast. Totally. There's much more loyalty here. We'll see for how long that lasts. The question is, did Amazon back out of just a real estate deal 
to get out of the limelight. Because if they're still coming, with it just I, I think, getting I think that's off part of the I frying would, I, pan, off the fire. My own gut tells me that's part of it. They're out of the lake. They can quietly grow. No one's going to pay attention. There'll be a quick splurge in the paper. Oh, look, Amazon's back. They're taking 200,000 feet or 300,000 feet. They're absolutely growing in New York. They're not going to leave New York to everybody else. They're competing directly with Google and everybody else now. They're not leaving the city. It's the biggest market in the country yeah. for them. They, <clears throat> you can't yeah, leave it. Yeah, so I why think, did they back out? I guess that, is it just the real estate? I think it was politics. It was the politics. Yeah. They didn't want to be in the paper. The guy, the, the CEO had all sorts of personal stuff going on. They're beating the crap out of the, the you know, you've got, you've got the congresswoman out, you know, singing the songs, getting in the paper for her own benefit on this. He's got all the personal stuff out in the, why would you want to be in the middle of that? And then um, the, uh, up in the, uh, in Albany, the public employee, public authorities control board had a member who could absolutely veto those it. Are, those are your guys, right? Is that your guys? <laughs> we go to, every, what was the name of the group up in Albany that we had to go to when we were selling real estate at Verizon? I don't know. I don't know. Public service guy? Oh, the PSE. Yeah, PSE. Yeah, yeah. We, we couldn't do a damn thing without going to Albany. It was yeah. and that was, that was what, what's his name was downtown? The regulators. Shelly, yeah, so, uh, so, who's the guy that went to the clink? Shelly. Silver. Shelly Silver. We remember we would do, we would do 10.95. Oh, we got to go see Shelley. The PSA. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good got, times. Yeah, by the way, more than a few times, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So, so my my opinion on why why they why they left um, or why they stepped away. Um, a lot of salacious stuff going on. Totally. You know, for sure. But in in deals that I've been involved with, much smaller, less, less controversial, the attitudes of the ex in the executive committees within the companies. Um, as soon as the, the politicians and the local constituents really start to raise up and start to get into the, the company's business and start to dictate what they can do, what they should do, they're, they really put up a front. Right? They say, why should I even bother? Right? It's like they should be inviting me into this, this community. Right? I'm bringing a lot of jobs. There's a lot of pride at the executive levels for these, these companies. Right? So then. You're bringing a lot, right? You're, you're the executive, you're the president of XYZ company, and all you're seeing from the other side is, well, I don't like your labor practice, I don't like your hiring practice, I don't like this about you, you need to do this for us, you need to guarantee this for us. At a point, they just say, wait a second, enough. I'm not gonna play. Gotta fund the living walk, wage, too, don't forget about the living wage. It's like, don't tell me how to run my business, right? Because it starts as yeah. a real estate deal, right? But it's, when you start getting into their business, they're like, I don't want to play anymore. It becomes a culture issue. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, there's, there's, some, there's some real egos at the executive level, and they, they don't want to play. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to hear about it. Anybody else? Yes, questions? yes. Um, could you stand? Yes. Hi. Um, so I'm pro-development. I believe the, the deal was a miss, a miss on New York's part. But I'm very interested just to hear you guys put yourself in the other side's position. So everything that you've been saying up until this point has been very pro-development and has been. But I want to hear what you guys think. If you could put yourself in the other side's shoes and really give us a perspective so we can see both sides of the spectrum. When, when you say the other side's shoes, are you so, referring to the anti-development uh, element? Correct. So, so he, here's my question. Because <clears throat> it's very hard for me to go to the other side of See. that, because that's why I've, I've been building my whole life or doing it. But when I so I, I go over to Long Island City, 
I go on the Hunter's Point line every day coming in from Mineola, right? So I go to Hunter's Point, take the number seven in. I'm in Queens all the time. I am very familiar with the area. It's in badly in need of development and capital infusion, right? So how can you get the capital in? You can only get the capital in. People only invest capital if they can make money off of it, right? And if you can't, it's, it, there's just no way relative to trying to improve the lot of everybody. Yes, people will get displaced. There's no doubt people that have four or $500 a month apartments because the buildings are run down and they're in, in tough condition, no question they're getting displaced. That's an issue. And by the way, our esteemed politicians, here's the bottom line. Do you think they give a shit about these people at the end of the day? No, they don't. Because if they did, what they would say is, okay, here's a program. We know where there's 4,000 people that need to get relocated. We can upgrade their housing. We can work a program out with, the, with a company like Amazon because it's not a ton of money, right? It's, it's $100 million to build a, 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 a building that can fit 1,000 people in, a, in apartments. They're just, it's all about politics with these people. And that's the problem you have. So the answer is, on a development side of, of the, the human scale, right? You, you don't want to have put people in misery on this, but the other side of the coin is you can't get anything done unless people come in with private capital to make money. Because the government's out of the business now. The government's not going to come in and fund it. So I don't, you know, you're caught betwixt and between. And if the politicians aren't there to sort of be, act as a catchersman on the other side, people are going to get hurt for sure. But there's no other way, I don't yeah. see another way around it. Otherwise, you just leave it as is, and you walk away and you know, hope the buildings don't fall down or burn down because they're fire hazards or whatever, right? I mean, you yeah. see that going on all over the city. Come on, look, the city is the biggest landlord. Look at NYCHA. Look what that shit is going on with that. What is that? that they all should be arrested. And, and NYCHA, Everyone that's responsible for that should be put in the clink, yeah. right? And there was a NYCHA house there, and they were going to get some training and, and people getting jobs. It, from those houses, whether they were, uh, the service workers agreed to hire you're, people. You're saying that Amazon was going to create a program for a certain limited yeah, amount of folks. I, I think yes. the, the opposition's greatest argument could have been that, you know, it, it's development because development is the only way to raise, it's to raise the- development at the price of the people. It is at the price of the people. The, 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 the only benefit- there, I, I don't there, disagree. You could argue there's no benefit to the local community because you're displacing them. That's right. Right? That's right. So there's no benefit to the local community. Big business no owners, jobs to the local owners, community. Maybe. maybe a few sandwich jobs, a couple service uh, jobs, <laughs> but every one of those $100,000 jobs was not coming from the And it was going to be a hundred, an average been a handful, of 150000 So it's jobs for other people. You're displacing the local yeah. community. Right? Those are the good arguments, right? There's a bunch of mis misinformation about what the deal was because that was all a bunch of bull, right? Mm -hmm. they, they misstated everything about it. But yeah. there was a good um, no growth argument to be said there because <laughs> the type of yeah. investment that was being made there mm -hmm. completely displaced the community. If they were yeah. building a distribution center, it would have been a different thing. Because no you could have hired the people from the community. But, but don't you think at the end of the day, right? Because it was a it, big, sexy development that did nothing for the local community. The local community was in probably less, I think than, that's a reality. less than optimal housing, right? In some cases. Did, the, did we hear one peep out of anybody from the government saying, you know what? 
excuse my French, these folks are living in a shithole. Let's build them a new building. Do we hear one piece? I think it's glass houses because they, they yeah. had, their housing policy was, they didn't want to bring any, any kind of attention to it. That's my point. Because yeah. they failed. That's my point. Right? They, they failed. I think it starts with, yeah. the, with the government failing, right? And then they did a bad job of making a deal and trying to articulate totally. a deal. Totally. So I think that's, you know, as bad as I think Amazon handled it, the city was worse. Yeah, the city, totally. you know, oh, James Patchett said people don't fundamentally see themselves as beneficiaries of the growing tech sector. And they didn't have, if Amazon said we will hire 10,000 locals, you would have had people in the streets saying, don't take the jobs away from my children, but that didn't happen. Maybe somebody could teach me how to use my TV remote <laughs> then when they come in. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, but, but. I have a question for Bob. Go. So actually, one, one quick statement based on what you're talking about, talking about the housing coming in from Mineola and, and Hunts Point and all that kind of right, stuff. Right, right. Um, during this whole thing, I was looking for an apartment in Astoria, just as Amazon announced, and a three-bedroom apartment in Astoria was going for about $4,000. Um, I rented an apartment two weeks after Amazon pulled out at 2900 Three, three bedrooms? Okay. Three bedrooms. Spectacular. Right. So, yeah. Spectacular. Um, so that's what it did to the housing market there. Um, uh, question I have is, you know, you talked about the egos of the executives. I had heard a report. There were two things that kind of gave Amazon pause while the politicians were protesting. And one was, they said, you know, one was the ego part of it going, yeah. hey, you know, usually when we announce we're going to move somewhere, right. we're fanfare and now we're not. Wait a minute. Let's, let's think about it. The second was it gave them the opportunity to say... The, the capital expense it's going to cost us to build this site, we can, you know, we can do the Virginia site for much less and grow in New York and not, and our capex would be lower or we could, because, re, because or we could redistribute it. It's a, lease, it's a lease versus own scenario. Right. And they may have been doing the homework while this was going exactly. on. And they came out and said, the, land, the FAR, which is the buildable square foot, Turns out that Plaxel took us to the cleaners. It's two hundred fifty or three hundred dollars at FAR. Should have been fifty, whatever. But oh, okay, so three hundred for the basis for the land. Then they started getting estimators in Structure Tone, Tishman, whomever, and they found out that the corn shell is going to cost them eight hundred dollars a foot, seven fifty a foot, nine hundred a foot, whatever the hell they were doing in there. And then all of a sudden they're going, we're building four million. This is going to cost us five and a half billion dollars. Let's just go down and lease, and lease uh, what, what's the, um, the city down there? Crystal uh, City. That, what was it? Crystal, Crystal City. Crystal City uh, for 30 bucks a foot, right? $1 billion of the $5 billion we got to spend up here pays our rent for 40 years down there. Yeah. No question. By the way, which is, I mean, and you've seen this in, in corporate environment, a lot of companies, and I'm sure some of you folk work for the companies in the same way, will do leases rather than own. A, a company like Deutsche Bank does a lease for a million three. Forget whether they was right or wrong to do the lease, they do a lease, they don't buy, because they don't want to expend the capital to, do, to, to buy the building and have it on the books. And that happens all the time, all the time. But it does, isn't the new accounting, doesn't that have to go on the books Depends now? on the size, of, you can still play. How long you do the lease for, whether it's got a renewal at fair market or CPI, there's a lot of different ways. The answer is yes, if it's really big and visible, but small leases, and small leases meaning in the hundreds of thousands, you can still play. 
you can play a little bit of games in there. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody else? Yep. So I was with Plaxel last week, and they are not happy still. But <laughs> they're, they're destroyed. It's a giant site. And now what they're going to have to do is chop it up. Here's the good news. Mm. They're on their second generation of family or third generation? Third. OK, so the good news is they're going to have two more generations of folks <laughs> that have something to do, which is chop the land up, <laughs> sell it, and create entitlements <laughs> to get here. the land built and developed. So they got good news there. It's, it's so not the like they're running out of money, by the way. <laughs> Right. Go ahead, please. Well, but you, so this is my question. So you said, you know, we're going to see organic growth in Manhattan. There is no 25,000 employee HQ coming in Long Island City. Right. But still, what do you expect happening in LIC now? I, I think they'll go, they'll go forward with development. They'll, they'll look at it. They, maybe they solicit offers from companies like Related. Look at what Related's done. They've built sites even bigger than that. So, or, or Tishman Spire, or, I mean, there's a host of Heinz. So, yeah. so I think what, you, what you're gonna have is, it's a massive site. It's doubtful that someone's gonna come in and say, I'm taking the whole site down and doing a $5 billion build right now, but they could certainly section it off and start, and it depends on how the family wants to optimize their money too, right? You sell yeah. retail, this you're gonna get a higher price. It's just gonna take you longer. It's, pos you, it's possible they'll see what happened in, um, in Silicon Valley where you have builders that are just building big campuses, multi-buildings, and, and an Apple will come and take three buildings, and the next guy will come it's, and take another three just, buildings. It's, it's so hard to, spe to if, spec. When, once you get, well, no, you have it planned, right, and it's available, and it's out. It happens to be in Long yeah. Island City, and it's an alternative to what you're seeing here. You, you right? can do If it's that. a value it, alternative across totally. the river, it could happen. Yep. Right? Except now they're all, the, the city is gun shy and they're going out and meeting with the stakeholders and going, what do you want on the sites? And they own uh, uh, two of the, three of the sites, if anybody wants to look at the map later. Of Sorry, where they who were owns going. three of the sites? The city. So they're now starting to meet with what, who they call the stakeholders, the community groups, and going, well, what do you want? Now what Just do you want? Just go with Plaxo, leave those sites alone. They're going to be tied up for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Bob, oh, sorry. Quick question. For yes, sir. What does this do to New York for the next 10, 20 years? What message yeah. does it send? I don't see New York as a, as a location that this type of company is typically going to come into, right? So I think what will happen is, first of all, the mayoral race will come in. There'll be a new entity, a political entity, in charge of the city. I think the city's going to continue to grow, grew at 3%. You know, and yes, the there are people leaving, no question, up in text, yeah. but it grew at 3%. I think it's, it'll continue to, if you look at New York, I do work in London, I do work in New York, there's only really two financial centers in the world. And Hong Kong, I'm giving all due respect to Hong Kong, and there are great cities, both in the US and in Europe, and Paris, and so on and so forth. But you have two entities that are really at the financial hub of the whole world. It's really hard for me to see, and, and look, New York's been pushing it. They have been pushing it. They're taking the taxes, like, it's, like, as I said to you, I have one office building that's gonna be paying 50 million a year in taxes. One building, yeah. 50 million. So, so I don't know how much further. Most of them pay around 20 million a year. Well, 20 million to 30 million. Yeah. Uh, the, the GM building, not speaking out of school, is what almost two and a half million square feet. 
they're paying $45 a foot, so it's almost $100 million a year. And that's based on their income and expenses. Mm. It, to a certain that's degree. Why, because guess what? Income's going down a little bit with, yeah. the, with the expenses going up. So, but to go back to it, I don't see, I don't see any, I see it a short-term negative impact for a period of a year. I don't see a long-term negative impact. They just don't. It's New York. You know, it's hard for me to, to think someone's going to go five years from now. I'm going to create a company or move 500 people to New York on a front office. Oh, wait a minute. What happened to Amazon? Because it's so different. You know, I just don't. And by the way, I think five years from now, we're going to see Amazon at, what did I say, 2,500 a year? I bet you they got 10,000 more employees in New York in five years from now than they have now. Yeah, and when we're talking about people leaving, most of them are leaving from Westchester and Long Island, wow. where like our taxes are like thirty or forty thousand for a house, and you can go and buy a house in Brooklyn and it's two thousand, and there's still five thousand people on the lien list because they can't pay it. So that's why they're charging the companies money. They're looking at them as a pocketbook and they have to keep it in order to supply the free stuff they're giving to everybody, the free health care, <laughs> the free um, um, transit. Uh, they need to get the money, and they're going to get it from the businesses and not from the homeowner. Well, look, New York, New York and, and California are probably the two most liberal environments, but they're also, I mean, California is just gigantic, right? It's the fifth biggest economy in the world. So there is, you know, when that much money's flowing around, it's hard not to try to do something that's quote unquote right. The problem is it's not right anymore. I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but what's happened is it's all political, right? So all this money is used for political gain of people that tout that they're helping the people, they're not. They're buying votes. That's all that's they're doing. That's the bottom That's line. all they're doing. And by the way, both sides are, are to blame. <laughs> so, Anybody else have any questions? I yeah, just one. So I think two points. Number one, I think this all did come down to ego. Uh, I live in the community in, in Long Island City. And really what it was is I think the local politicians just felt like Cuomo did this behind closed doors, didn't even consult yeah. them, just patted them on the head and said, I'll take the credit. You guys just sit there. That sparked them to turn around and sort of hunt on the fears of the community, like we don't have enough infrastructure already. You gotta wait in line on the seven train. You, we don't have any police, fire, water. They're gonna build sunny side yards. So I think a route to solving this problem for the future is having communication with the local politicians and the community, but also I, realizing this, you know, especially in Long Island City, if you say to them, we're gonna build your infrastructure first and then we'll develop the area, well, everybody be on board. The city says, uh, he said that they're putting in 600 million in infrastructure. That was the first time I'd ever heard I got that Lucia. number. That's one street. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, I agree with you. They were they were all jealous. They were left out, and the, and Cuomo and De Blasio well, well, were hysterical. Who, it was going. Lois, you know to who's the state speaker? This the newest the lady that's the state speaker. Now. I forgot her name. You, State Letitia speaker for James? state of New York. What's her name? Letitia James, the, no, the attorney general. No, not the attorney general. The state. Uh, she's the house speaker. Oh, I don't she, know. Uh, I forgot her name. Uh, she was not. Oh, Stuart Young. Thank you. She was not consulted by Como. Yes. Okay. She appointed the politician that you're referring to, who everybody knew was anti-development. That she put him in the slot to, to, poke, <laughs> uh, to poke, put her finger in the eye of Como. The guy yeah. got in, and then Amazon's like, oh, shit. We got yeah. a radical sitting in here, and he, we know he can kill the deal. 
on this public right. authority's control. And then, they, and then control she pulled him out. After the deal yeah. blows up, she pulls him out. He did his job. He did his job. He's all done. My work is done here. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's, it's blood a, sport. A it's a New York. It's vipers. Uh, the um, dungeon and our... So anybody Bob, else, anybody it's, has questions? Bob, it's very refreshing to have someone who tells us their mind and doesn't hold back. And, <laughs> uh, doesn't matter now. So it's good. And, and Jim, uh, you know, your uh, development in Texas is just amazing. And uh, the mixed use that you were able to bring by using the fulcrum of Verizon and the property that they own uh, really should be an example for others across the board. What I'm curious about, I mean, this is an intelligent group here, right? Myself uh, removed. <laughs> but um, do you think that average New Yorkers got the message or that they felt the, the anti-message was stronger? And it's, it, I think it has political ramifications in the presidential side in relation to where we spend our money, how we spend our money, but a lot of misinformation. About it was all about misinformation. I think well, that's... Yeah. The public got so what, what, a, I guess my question to you is, do you think we fix that? No. Like, this is, no, <laughs> no. I don't either. No. So I think I mean, this is a clear know, example where you guys are talking about. social media. I what, mean, what, it's a little late. Everybody, everybody in this room is pretty much in, in a business, right? You work, you're in a business, you understand the pluses and the minuses. I think folks that are not involved in a business environment who do different type of work or what have you clearly haven't got the message. I'm not sure that they're interested in getting the message. It's the job of the politicians. That's one of their jobs is for the good of the people, right? And that is to educate. But we know that that's not working across well, the board. I think the media has a role. I, I think they, they, they completely failed the public, right? Well, they, they, just look what's going on. The they're list. horrible, right? So, so if you look at what, what can be done better, what needs to happen, right? I think. I, I don't know. It's like Cornet can't solve it, right? Because it's bigger, right? It's it's you've got media that doesn't doesn't see it has a role of educating anybody. Nope. They, right. That's what needs to be fixed because economic incentives. Ec <clears throat> yeah. I, yeah. I who's, got, who, whose points are a hundred percent valid? Hundred yeah. percent. Don't disagree with any of your points, by the way. Just FYI. Because this stuff is not. I just got to go fight for New York because this is where I make my living, man. <laughs> you know, I, I just love this it. I, I know, my I know bread the job where go, But, but so. the, the development in Texas, uh, for example, I was educating city council people on the economics of the deal. They didn't understand it, right? So, you know, you have an economic development uh, council that did a great job negotiating with me and trying to educate their, their city council. And then I, sit, I stand in front of the city council and they don't get it. Right? How do you expect the public to get it when the media is just sending out little sound bites of we're giving away $3 billion? It's difficult. Right? So yeah. it really takes, the, it, it requires public, you to yeah. slow down, break it down, educate, um, and sometimes yeah. disruptive stuff how like that. How do you that, respond right? to that, yeah. but, but is that how you do it? That's like sound bite against sound bite. I mean, Amazon right? did like, send out I, I, a I, I just, I was hoping for more sanity than that from, yeah. from, uh, from media. I think they just pulled out really fast and didn't wait for the public and uh, the media to start turning and realizing that it was all going to come apart. And uh, because Amazon was starting to flood the communities with flyers, the polls were all showing that the people wanted them to come. 
but they just said the heck with it and, and pulled out. I think if it, it was another three or four weeks, uh, I, I think the politicians that were in charge would have put their finger down and gotten uh, some other people educated behind closed doors as to what they were giving up. It's never too late. I, yeah. Thank you, everyone. I have a, I have a question for Alfredo. Give Bob a chance to be. Thank you very much, Bob. When the deal was announced, I was at a panel and I had a conversation with somebody from the New York City Economic Development Corp. Because I work for a mid-sized technology company, and we were concerned with with, with the amount of growth Amazon was bringing here, the amount of growth Google had here, and, as, and, fe and um, Facebook as well, uh, as well as several other, Yahoo and a couple of other companies, we were concerned with where do we find talent um, and should we be looking outside of New York? And the conversation I had with New York, with somebody, with the person from New York City Economic Development Corp was about downstream um, growth. In, in New York and the programs that the city was working and the state was working on with Google um, and Amazon to build, pro to build programs within the city universities to feed these jobs as well as other technology jobs in the, in the city to keep the pipeline alive and not just allow Amazon and Google to absorb the pipeline that exists. Where does that go from here? What happens now? For, for that pipeline? Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of heard. I mean, no, there's no expectation that there's another 25, you know, another organization or company that's going to bring 25 to 40,000 jobs, even if it's 10 years. Um, I mean, I have, to, I have to tell you, I, I'm kind of sitting here, quite frankly, almost in disbelief because you talk about the media, but you guys are basically saying things are great. I mean, we have a great economic center, great economic power. We have all these great jobs and finance and all that stuff. I don't, I don't see why you guys are worried. No, I'm not. Well, I, I wasn't I mean, saying, that's what it seems like. I'm not like. saying there's nothing to do. <laughs> I've been in a lot of... Um, I mean, you guys just turned down the biggest organization in this country that was bringing yeah. 40,000 jobs. I didn't jobs, turn it down. I thought, I thought it was a good deal. No, the city or the state, whatever, yeah. right? They're, they're because worried. they didn't... They, my, my concern is this. You guys can, can lull yourselves into this belief that things are actually great when you do have politicians out there like AOC that through one basic act spikes a football on February 14th and says, look what we can do. We just pushed Amazon out. Yeah. And that's celebrated and nobody here is really showing outrage. Everybody yeah. just feels really good about it. No, I, the, and the city, well, I mean, it sounds like for the panel. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, I don't. I don't feel good about it. I just don't think it's the tragedy that you think it is. Thank you for having this event because <laughs> right after uh, Valentine's Day, this committee, I was freaking out, <laughs> saying, saying, "Oh my God, I, I do work like this all." Over. Sorry, thank you. I do work like this all over the world. I have never heard of, and I've researched this. I cannot find a loss like this anywhere in the world. Yeah, I, I, ever. I mean, we we spent since we talked. This was really a singular event. It, it was very unique, right? But, so but to, it's, to say that this you, is but, it's but this damaging I, I, of New York, I'm, I'm yes, it's, it's not completely damaging. damaging. It's, it's totally one damaging. singular event. They could say, no, no, oh, oh, it, it was right. a it was a million jobs, you know right? It was a million jobs. Does. It was two million jobs. Well, that's great. You don't have to worry. It never would have happened. What to worry about? Let me let me chime in here. So when, Alfred, when, when we invited Alfredo to participate in this, he and I were talking about it, and Alfredo threw out that he had been using a multiplier effect downstream 
of let's call it five jobs for yep. every Amazon job. Okay, I, I disagree. I think it's more like ten. Yeah, I was being conservative. Right. Yep. And <clears throat> I, I'm 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 outraged, and I'm on on Alfredo's side here because I think that what was sort of missed in the discussion is yes, Amazon's going to continue to grow. Yes, New York City, I think, is in, is in great shape for the front office, to use Bob's terms. When are we going to have another opportunity from an economic development standpoint to have a major employer come in to an outer borough and not only create all those jobs and all those construction jobs, et cetera, et cetera, but, and I think this sort of goes to Lois's point that, and, and maybe Bob too, is did we miss an opportunity to address infrastructure in the context of Amazon? I mean, I'm, I'm curious. And, I think, people, and, the, and the jobs room. that come with that infrastructure. Right. That's the loss. That's right. why so I say it's 10 times It was a big development project of in the, the boroughs, right? The, so it's a missed opportunity for sure. Of the sure. people in this room. But, but New York is not a so, snowflake. Of, it's of, more sustainable than that. Of it's the people in this room, who actually lives in where the area, the blight area? In what area? In the, in the blighted area in which the, the actual... It's not blighted. Or, or, I'm sorry, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's not Manhattan. Who would have right? been the lucky guy displaced by this project, right? I live in Lamont City. displaced? I live in Lamont City. every one job of Amazon, you could have 10 more jobs that come to service them. That's what you're missing. All you're yeah. thinking about is the front office jobs, these high-tech jobs, the high-finance jobs. What about the dry cleaner? What about the shoeshine guy? Yeah. What about the pizza guy? What about the deli guy? You're, you're okay with that. So I, I guess I'm a little curious, too, about that, because that's a good point, right? But now, I think Lois mentioned, like, how will you secure those individuals? Because growth is... Like, he, like Bob was saying, growth is going to happen naturally. It's going to happen organically, and those individuals, if we don't have... And, and I'm not pro-rent stabilization in this sense because I don't think that that's going to help that small shop that's there because it's going to be too much growth surrounding them that if they can't grow, then it's no point of having them near because someone's going to buy them out. But you can't even protect that person that you're mentioning right now if we don't have political sanctions that protect them with rent stabilization. So, 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 so they're protected by jobs. So yeah. But don't... Exactly. That's the thing. Well... Well, because, the, so this is an interesting thing, right, is I actually don't think that Amazon even had an opportunity to start the conversations, right? You actually go back and talk to them. They say, yeah. we had the community meetings. We know what we had to go do. That was yeah. our plan. Look at the school investment in of itself. Yeah. I mean, when are you guys going to be able to have that kind of investment into schools in something like Long Island City to give the kids who don't have an opportunity today to do something with their lives far beyond what they could expect right now? But wait, 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 one well, at a time. I, com I completely think that, I'm not sure why you think, because they're a large corporation, that they're not going to do something in the community. Do you think they will be successful? If they're not, they, have, they know they have to invest in that community. Yeah. That and headquarters is supported by the community. They also had goal, you know, um, minority women business goals of 15%. Uh, at least, and a women-owned business of 15%. So 30% were going to go of the jobs. And that's also jobs, the construction jobs also, and any of the services that were servicing them. I mean, I mean um, there's, there is something so-called the American dream, right? For folks like small business owners 
that we, we have 30 million small business owners in this country that employ 60 million people. That's 90 million people that are dependent on small business. I think your estimate is correct. I think it is the 10, 10 things yeah. being created, whether it's a small business owner that employs the two people in their deli or something else that would service that one job. Think about, the, again, the union jobs alone of construction, right? What would have happened differently? People do take risks in this country, it, yeah. and they do buy a franchise. Maybe it's a dry cleaning franchise. Maybe it's a Domino's franchise because they have a dream, right? Go down there. We have talked to people down there. They said, our American dream is gone. What do you tell them? Oh, don't worry. Your great job's in Manhattan. <laughs> That's not well, what they're interested in doing. Yeah. And, and they I, don't want to work a high-tech finance job. So bring more high-tech finance jobs to Long Island City. They don't want that. They want to be That's a dry cleaner. That's what they were offering them. They yeah. want a dry cleaner. There's well, no right? They want to run a dry cleaner. So One of the things more white shirts, I, more more. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I just want to say the city is concerned because the millennials aren't coming here as fast as they had counted on. So, um, so as much there is going to be a war for talent and people are going to have to pay more to bring the people here and it's because of the high rents that is the issue that's one of the big issues which is why everybody in all these buildings are making these amenities to try to attack the, attract and retain the talent and you all know that cuz you're designing these facilities with fire pits and dog walking right. and ba dog baths and pet therapy so all right, we need to, we have a question here. Well, no, I just wanted to, well, comment and question on how we solve it, but I don't think we'll get through to that tonight. But, you know, the biggest topic here is big companies, big global corporations, Midtown Manhattan, for example, they understand big, big, big business. I think fundamentally what has been spoken to is the actual academics behind it. So if our politicians, government leaders, and local business people had, you know, accountability, for helping the greater community and oneself in saying, I do have a dream to open up a pizza place, how do I do it? In understanding the bigger picture of how the economics of like an Amazon or a Google being on LIC helps them realize that. But I think we're being too focused as a society. You know, we're kind of lowering to the lowest common denominator in the 144 character soundbite to be able to get a huge message across that had been, you know, spoken to earlier that you can't get an economics deal or package in 144 characters, in a meme, for example, yeah. or in yeah. even a 10 episode show about it, right? So I think the whole thing starts with accountability because we know our leaders won't do it. We know nationally our leaders won't do it. Locally our leaders won't do it. They're gonna have their personal interests, their political interests at heart. So the only way to change it is not leaning towards our leaders, but it's leaning inwards, right? Well, and things can get scary, economics, not everyone is good at numbers, but you have to look into it and we have to look inwardly at, if I want to start a business, how does that, how does that start? But, how does yeah. the bigger players help me and how does it not help me? But aren't you being told that as a business person you're bad, you're rich, and... You, you are, but you're choosing to believe it, unless you do your own due diligence to be able to find out but, whether that's true or not, and have a mind of your own, instead of a mind of the meme, a mind of the Facebook, but, a mind of the Instagram. But what if your teachers are telling you now that your whiteness <laughs> is bad and your, uh, um, and your work ethic is bad? I, well, I think I, we it, all like to have an excuse for all of our inabilities or our... Um, 
lack of successes, and I think that we all measure our successes on the rulers of other people instead of measuring on our own rulers. Well, what this can is we something do? our school chancellor is teaching our teachers now. I don't I'm, know if you saw the post. Yeah, I, I mean, just really quick, I, actually, I think your comments are spot on, yeah. so, so thank you on that. But, you know, what my concern is, and, and thank you for inviting me here, obviously a very counter, I think, position that I've taken here, is there is a true vilification of anything that's a success in a large business, right? Um, many people forget that they started as a small business. So Amazon didn't start as a multi-billion dollar company hiring tens of thousands of people. Our organization, Job Careers Network, was founded by Bernie Marcus. Not Bernie Sanders, Bernie Marcus. He started the Home Depot. So let me tell you his story for 30 seconds. At 48, Bernie was fired from his job. And at 52, though, because he had this dream, an American dream, that there could be this thing called something like a Home Depot. So he started with two stores in Atlanta. One was a refurbished 7-Eleven at 52. Okay, today it's probably one of the largest corporations, top five, I think, right? Employing 400,000 people, right? The contractors, for example, they now have professions themselves because they can access hardware cheaply and accessible and it's quick. Right? This is what that brought. Again, we call it capitalism. People are going, oh my God, that's such a horrible word. You know, again, vilify it because socialism's great. Socialism is all about social good. Well, capitalism is actually pretty damn good. I'll tell you that, and I know this from personal knowledge, that Bernie Marcus has to be probably one of the most philanthropic people on the, place, on, on the face mm -hmm. of this planet. I mean, he has probably given of his fortune probably the entire thing, about 98% of it, to all the research, frankly, that his name isn't on any of it because he doesn't want the fame, he doesn't need the titles on it, right? But that's what capitalism brings you. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. To give money away, you've got to make money. And that's really yeah. simple. And that's one of the things, there was a great Shark Tank, for example, where these two millennials got out there, they were buying some, I don't know, really nice purses with yarn from Africa, of some person in the mountains or whatever. And I think it was Mark Cuban goes, so what's your business model? Like, well, we're going to give, give what, what we make. It's like, but what's the business model? You've got to make the money to give it away. And, yeah. and just, you know, sitting and going, we don't understand that. What do you mean? Right? We want to do good, right? And, I, I, and again, yes. it's about, the, I talked about economic illiteracy. This is fundamental, and it's economic illiteracy with our executives. It's economic illiteracy with American public. It's economic illiteracy with our politicians. And frankly, in our schools, yeah. it's not being taught anymore. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, what, what I'm fighting for is that small business owner that had a dream. And that dream's gone. And that sucks. Yeah. Except and I don't know how many of you have had that dream that came from something or nothing, right? But want to do something that's not just working in a, you know, Wall Street building. And that's what those, per, those folks that were going to service uh, Amazon on Long Island mm -hmm. City the pizza guy, the deli guy, that's their lives. That's what they wanted to do. That was their American dream. And it's, it's, it mm -hmm. sucks that that got taken away from them. And one of the things you've got to keep in mind is that 40% of the population in a new survey today thinks socialism is good. So if you want your jobs in 10 years and you want to keep your stuff, you're going to have to start talking to young people and explaining that uh, if they want it, they've got to work for it, too. I think that is the perfect note. We're going to wrap this up, but we're going to continue the debate at the bar. So uh, <laughs> let's have a drink and continue this debate. I think this is a great topic and a great discussion. Thank you very much to our panel. Mm -hmm.